0: If you're listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast, you're probably doing it through one of a few ways. Uh, Make sure that you are subscribed, though, to our feed on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, or pretty much any other podcast app out there. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis to find us, and you can listen to the Catholic Gateway Podcast. You'll also find the Word of Mouth Podcast by Michael Horn and other audio, maybe uh, homilies by Archbishop Carlson or other talks or things that we might post up there so all of that can be found in our feed and make sure that you subscribe to that feed through one of those podcasting apps so then the next thing you need to do is share it with your friends so thank you for listening to the catholic gateway podcast and please rate us like us and share us a call-in day for dreamers, new exhibit openings, and more on this Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update for the week of February 26th. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. Before we get going, a bit of shameless self-promotion. Jennifer Brinker of the St. Louis Review and I will be presenting at the next Theology on Tap, hosted by the St. Louis Young Adults, on Tuesday, March 13th at 7 p.m. Our topic is Creating Silence, Listening and Communicating in an Overstimulated World. So if you want to experience the irony of two communications professionals speaking about being silent, this is your chance. Again, that's Tuesday, March 13th at 7 p.m. at Kirkwood Station Brewing, and you can visit stlyoungadults.com for more information. So let's get going. This is your weekly news update for the week of February 26th, 2018. It's also the second full week of Lent. The USCCB announced a call-in day for Dreamers for Monday, February 26th, after the U.S. Senate recently failed to reach the 60 votes needed to proceed with debate on legislation. To provide relief to dreamers, dreamers are the 1.8 million young people who were brought to the United States as children or infants by their parents through no fault of their own. They often know America as their only home. Unless Congress acts soon, these 1.8 million young people may face deportation from the United States beginning as early as March 6th. Bipartisan legislation can protect dreamers from deportation and provide them a path to citizenship. Cardinal Daniel DiNardo of Galveston-Houston, USCCB President, Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, USCCB Vice President, and Bishop Joe Vasquez of Austin, the Chairman of the USCCB Committee on Migration, together issued the following statement. We are deeply disappointed that the Senate was not able to come together in a bipartisan manner to secure legislative protection for the Dreamers. With the March 5th deadline looming, we... Ask once again that members of Congress show the leadership necessary to find a just and humane solution for these young people who daily face mounting anxiety and uncertainty. Unquote. In response to the USCCB's call, the Missouri Catholic Conference is asking Missouri Catholics specifically to contact Missouri's two U.S. Senators, Roy Blunt and Claire McCaskill, to urge passage of a bipartisan DREAMER Act. To do your part, visit mocatholic.org and click the red Take Action button to contact Senators Blunt and McCaskill. Impassioned debate preceded a vote on Friday, February 23rd by the St. Louis Board of Aldermen to advance a bill that would create a buffer zone around health care facilities, including Planned Parenthood. The board voted 15-13 to, to perfect Board Bill 34, which would create a fixed eight-foot buffer zone around a healthcare facility's driveway entrance or within a public right-of-way or sidewalk. The bill also says that no one may, quote, knowingly enter, remain on, or create an obstruction, unquote, in those areas. The board is expected to have a final vote on the bill on March 2nd. Jennifer Brinker has a full story up at stlouisreview.com. The contributions Catholic Sisters have made to the St. Louis community for the last 200 years and counting will be on display at the St. Louis Public Library's upcoming exhibit, Catholic Sisters, the Spirit of St. Louis, from March 3rd through April 28th at the Central Library Branch, located at 1301 Olive Street. The exhibit is open Mondays through Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., the free exhibit, which also corresponds with National Catholic Sisters Week from March 8th through 14th, will represent 15 religious communities who have had an impact on education and health care in the area, as well as highlight the services they have provided to those in need. You can find more information about the exhibit at stlcatholicsisters.org. And another exhibit opening, this one by the Office of Archives and Records of the Archdiocese of St. Louis which invites you to attend the grand opening of 1818, A Year of Beginnings, on Thursday, March 1st, from 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. You can come explore the rich history of the Archdiocese as we celebrate the 200th anniversary of the first Catholic schools in St. Louis and the arrivals of St. Rose Philippine Duchenne and Bishop Louis William Valentin de Burgh. Refreshments will be served, and the exhibit will be in the Rosati Museum, on the first floor of the Cardinal Regali Center at 20 Archbishop May Drive. Come see the Father Sheed Players' performance of the Broadway comedy The Man Who Came to Dinner at the Higney Theater on the campus of Nearing's Hall High School in Webster Groves on March 16th and 17th at 7.30 p.m. and on March 18th at 2 p.m. The cast features two priests and talented adult performers from the Archdiocese of St. Louis, all proceeds help to support the ministries of the Catholic Youth Apostolate. To purchase tickets, please call 314-605-7520. That's 314-605-7520. And for more information, visit archstl.org catholicyouth. one one One.
1: Unos.
2: Two, two,
1: two. Duos. Three, three, three. Tres. One, two, three, four, five, four Quattro. Four, 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 five, five, five. five. Quinque. Quintessentials. 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 Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know.
0: I'll give you five things you need to know. That's right, these are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things, or in the paper dated February 26, 2018. One, one, one. 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 Filling a need for diapers. The stress of poverty is compounded when moms lack diapers for their babies, but the St. Louis Diaper Bank has a mission to reduce this stress for needy families. Joe Kenny has more. And in a few minutes, you'll hear my conversation with Joe about this story.
1: Two, two, two.
0: Preaching against racism. In response to an invitation from Archbishop Carlson, priests and deacons share their own words about the sin of racism with their congregations.
2: Three, three,
0: three. Support for the DREAM Act. As you've already heard, the Missouri Catholic Conference and the USCCB are asking people to contact their US senators and congressional representatives, urging them to pass the DREAM Act. The DREAM Act is a proposal brought up in Congress. It's known as the Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors Act, and it would provide a path to citizenship for people brought to the United States as minors without documentation. Four. 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 Duchenne Guard plays for teammates, promotes a cause. Duchenne High School senior basketball player Ben Norwine advocates for mental health awareness and treatment because for him, it's personal. Joe Kenny explains how Ben is doing his part to erase the stigma of mental illness.
2: Five, five,
0: five. One parish puts beyond Sunday return to good use via new building. St. Joseph in Connellville, the largest parish in the Archdiocese of St. Louis with more than 5,300 registered households, didn't have a true parish hall. So the parish is putting their beyond Sunday return to good use with a new building. The two-story building includes a large meeting area for over 1,000 people, a commercial kitchen, and a preschool. Jennifer Brinker has more. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org. And you can follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast news update for this week. In a moment, you'll hear from Joe Kenny, But first, here is Michael Horn from the Office of Laity and Family Life, continuing our series on the precepts of the church and delving further into the commandment to fast and abstain on the days appointed.
2: As we continue this awesome journey through Lent, and I pray that uh, all your penances are going well as we continue to remain on the topic of fasting I just think it's really beautiful that uh, several religious orders that uh, I know of have given us kind of an example in their rule of life about fasting. And so many religious orders that I've come across, like the CFRs or the Sisters of Life and other orders, they have these days of fasting even during the week, um, even outside of Lent. And so as we remain in Lent this season, though, we can keep in mind that um, a lot of people that we know, especially those in religious communities, have entered into fasting every single week. And so whether it's a Wednesday and or Friday, uh, these are days where um, there is a period of fasting, whether it's from technology, uh, food and, and the quantity of meals or other things that are just going on in our lives that are leading us maybe not in a, in a bad way, but just not closer to Christ. And so maybe we, we can think of times that we have um, thought about praying but then chosen something else in our Lenten journey thus far. And so there's nothing wrong with doing great things with friends like seeing movies or uh, spending quality time with someone um, in in a place like the mall or just another place or going out to dinner or something like that. But uh, during this season, I think it's just kind of a good challenge for us to look at those idle moments that we have or options that we have in different ways. And just to think how we could maybe use that time for more prayer instead or just taking something that's not even bad in itself, something that's maybe good, but making it better. And so making the best decision when we have a free moment. Maybe it's writing a letter to a friend that you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's spending an hour in an adoration chapel. Maybe it's praying the rosary. Maybe it's listening to something uh, that's really edifying, like a Catholic podcast on your radio station. So that's that's another reflection that we have during the season of Lent, just to see how you're filling those times um, that you have that are free in your life. Are you choosing something good, or are you choosing the better part like Mary did?
0: Joe Kenny is in studio with me for this Catholic Gateway Podcast a weekly news update uh, episode on um, the St. Louis Review article that he has in this week's paper, which is running the dates of February 26th through March 4th. And, uh, it's the living our faith section, uh, all about the St. Louis diaper bank. And, um, uh, you know, we record these and so I have to go back and edit them a little bit, but Joe, I hope we can get through this one cleanly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is, definitely. Is that yeah. too much of a pun to make yeah. at the outset or I think, uh, yes, we'll be, we'll be good with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to have to change too much later. No, no. Okay. <laughs> no. So hopefully we're done with the puns now and into the real stuff about the diaper bank and the good work the diaper bank does. So, um, Tell us about the story. What uh, you mentioned that you um, heard about Jessica Adams, the founder of the Diaper Bank, and uh, got a little curious about her background, and you found out a lot of interesting stuff. So, yeah, I, you, I you found
1: out that she had worked for the Archdiocese in the old Human Rights Office, and uh, I wondered how much her faith played in into this, and it and it really did play a lot into what what she's been to. Um, she started it in her on her dining room table when she found out. There are diaper banks in other cities, but there was nothing like this in St. Louis. And also, there's nothing that provides diapers to people at, who are poor and have, you know, limited income. I'm really
0: surprised, uh, maybe dismayed, by the stat that goes along. with. There's a, there's a nice infographic in the paper here that goes along with the story. And right at the top, uh, zero government assistance programs providing diapers.
1: So, I mean, this... Right, yeah. There's, there's nothing that, and and she found that out through her own experience because uh, she had, she was divorced when her husband left, um, and she still had one child in diapers, and, and she got a lot of help from St. Catherine Laboure Parish where she lived for a lot of other things, and then there were some government programs that helped. She was a student at the time, and so there was nobody helping with diapers, so that was a. She realized the need then.
0: Yeah, and I think people are starting to recognize this more as an issue, uh, as a problem. Um, you know, you mentioned the stat in here, one in three women in the country routinely lack sufficient diapers for their children, according to the, the National Diaper Bank Network. So um, clearly, there's a need out there. And I, I'm i a dad. I have, well, you had at one point three kids in diapers. Now, right. thankfully, it's like one and a half. But, um, yeah, I, I know what it costs. I mean, you go even to Aldi to get the cheap, and maybe hopefully I shouldn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't mention <laughs> brands, but you go, you go to the store and you right. get uh, even the cheapest kind, and it's like, you know, five or six bucks for, for 20 diapers. Well, that, that lasts you
1: three days. Well, and one of the things I didn't put in the story, but I saw somewhere else, was, th- and, and, it r- and it hit me, when you live in certain neighborhoods, there's not a big box store that you can buy in by bulk uh, there's not even a grocery store that's close by sometimes. So you go to the quick mart and you buy two of them, and it costs you know eight dollars or whatever. Yeah. Just an exorbitant amount a whole for a yeah. lot of money for a little a little amount. So people that live in the worst neighborhoods that uh, you know have the lowest incomes sometimes they they have the least access.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, definitely an. Uh, problem i don't know if it's a growing problem but at least the recognition of it as a problem is growing um and uh i think you're doing this article and and other people bringing attention to this are are hopefully going to help i did note um they have some goals jessica adams and the the diaper bank have some goals for this year um do you want to talk about that because they the purpose of writing this now is they recently surpassed a milestone
1: right right and um they Need mostly need funds t- to buy extra diapers because they can get them at a low, lower um, lower amount, and they, they can get them lower than you just
0: going to the store right, and buying a pack, yeah. so they can get a bulk they, they discount. Can,
1: they get more more bang for the buck, I guess you'd say. Okay, and they also uh, need a lot of the training pants type things that people don't always donate. Mm-hmm. They also take donations if people want to bring them donations, but the biggest need that they have is for cash donations. Okay. And the neat thing about this also is that they, they partner with agencies. They don't distribute any themselves. They distribute them with various social service agencies and, and different groups. So they'll go along, they'll, they'll distribute them to Parents as Teachers program, for example. And it's one of the ways that people can, you know, make sure that Parents as Teachers keeps coming. And they do a lot of other good too, helping kids with reading and uh, a lot of other problems that, they, that parents may have. And so what's this milestone that they recently surpassed? They distributed their one millionth diaper. And, and like I said, it started out in, in her home with, I think the first year, it was like 30,000 diapers that they wow. distributed or maybe less than that. And it's just each year has continually increased. And, and between the past two years, it doubled. Well, wow. So it's been been a good thing.
0: And I see here that they're looking at their goal for this year, for 2018. They just passed their one millionth. They're looking now in 2018 alone distributing 1.5 million. Is that is that the way I read right. that? Right. Yes. Wow. So yeah. they're looking at doubling their output and what they've what contributed they've done all these, all these, these years.
1: They've, they've only been around since about 2014. So yeah, and it was so a real slow getting started. But, okay. but uh, at the same time, it's really picked up. And they get a lot of help from the National Diaper Bank they provide some of the diapers through huggies
0: okay and so where are they located again for anybody who might want to help out or or
1: contribute to them they're uh, in the uh, west area of downtown um, and the article has the address and contact information or you can just go online and and uh, google st louis area diaper bank
0: okay great well Check out that article, like Joe said, it's at stlouisreview.com or in the paper, dated February 26th through March 4th, and uh, that'll have all the information, and like I mentioned earlier, that great infographic with some statistics about um, the cost of diapers in in, in a parent's first year. I mean, we're looking, we're talking almost $1,000 just for diapers in the first year of having a kid, Um, so on and so forth. Lots of good information there and that info to find out how to help out the diaper bank and contribute, so... A lot of good work being done Joe thank you for bringing attention to this
1: sure and we also mentioned that the deacons are doing a drive in some of the parishes oh. and Jessica Adams who runs the diaper bank said it's a really good thing to do both because they they distribute to some areas where she doesn't distribute so right right I, I'm remiss
0: in not mentioning that yes the the deaconate program with the archdiocese is uh, doing a diaper drive uh, a little later so that information is also in the paper uh, you can check that out and uh, and then What that'll do is is then you can contribute at your parish those weekends that the deaconate program is holding that diaper drive. So um, look for that coming. That'll help help lots of needy families in the area. And check out Joe's story. Uh, Again, Joe, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing a little bit about um, the diaper bank. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter at archstl is our handle there at archstl. And we're on Instagram at at Catholic STL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram under the handle at St. Louis Review. That's ST Lewis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis.